0: It's one minute past nine. Coming up to two minutes past nine, you're tuned to 102.7 3RRR. Time for Radio Marinara. We are the program about all things wet and salty. This is our final Radio Marinara for 2020. We will be back in 2021. And uh, joining with me, my name is Bron Burton. Joining today by Skype is...
1: Dr Beach.
0: And... And farm. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Beach. Hello, Farm. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, next year we might see you guys in studio. We don't know what's going to play out at this stage, but um, yes, this is our our final marinara for <laughs> 2020. What a crazy year it's been, guys.
1: Sure, it has. Oh, it's-
2: it's been
0: insane, but we've made it. Um, Kent is here, uh, paneling for me uh, through two panes of glass in another studio. And um, look, thank you so much. We'll do our thank yous at the end of the program. But one we have to kick off with is Tim Thorpe. Thank you so much, Tim. Yeah. Um, yes, we are going to miss you greatly um, through the summer. I won't actually. I'll be sitting up in bed with a cup of tea every Sunday morning, listening to vital bits instead of um, madly scrambling my way out of the house to come into Triple R. And uh, thank you, Andrew, so much for soulful bits as well. We have a jam. Jam-packed show. Uh, you can hear all the little Skype messages flying around. Um, yeah, jam-packed show. Shortly, we're going to be joined on the phone by Dave Donnelly from Killer Whales Australia and Dolphin Research, Research Institute. Dave's going to be bringing us up to speed on the uh, – the basically a summary, a wrap-up of whale migration patterns through the 2020 season. Um, also a bit of an update on killer whales, uh, some happenings over the summer. And, yeah, looking forward to catching up with Dave. Then Dr Beach <coughs> – We've got a very special uh, final life's a beach segment for 2020.
1: We do Brian it's a really fascinating little story, it's about domestication by fish, scaly fin fish, off Belize and the Caribbean, so fish that um, they farm algae and they get shrimp to help them do it. And it's a really beautiful story of domestication, as we know that you know we've domesticated dogs, pigs, all sorts of things. but there is no example in the animal world of um, a non-human domestication of another animal, and this is really, really fascinating. It's a lovely little story.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. I cannot wait to find out more. We are also going to be joined by Dr. Surf, um, special guest appearance by Dr. Surf, and he's going to give us a bit of a, you know, a bit of a surf report of what's happening this weekend and maybe a forecast over of what's going to happen over the summer. So really looking forward to catching up with Surf again. Um, <coughs> then we're going to be joined by our maritime archaeologist, extraordinaire Rex Hunter. He's going to be talking to us about a couple of um, marine terms or maritime Maritime terms, poop deck and futic. So I think we might be calling it poop deck. Poop deck or poop deck. (laughs) I've been wondering about this one. And FUTTICS, so what they are, and a nice one to round out the E-Rex. And then finally to close out the show and to close out 2020 for Radio Marinara, Jeff Maynard is going to be joining us and asking the question, did sound waves save the world? It was his theme for 2020 Sound Waves. So really looking forward to um to seeing what Jeff has. He sent the audio clips through at about 10 o'clock last night, and I've been getting a sneak preview through this year, but I didn't get a sneak preview for this one, so that will be fascinating to find out what that's all about. All right. Um, Fum. I believe you have a weather outlook for both today and the week ahead.
2: I sure do. I am the weather girl today. It is the 13th of December and today is going to be a glorious day, no matter where you are, really. Um, It's going to be a max of 30 in the Melbourne area and on the surf coast as well. Mostly sunny for Melbourne, winds northerly 25 to 35 k's an hour, tending easterly, uh, going to 15 to 25 k's in the evening. And uh, we'll have some local afternoon sea breezes by the bay, which just sounds really lovely, actually. Monday, 32, Tuesday, 30, and then it's going to be raining a little bit. We're going to go to 23 on Wednesday and then 22 on Thursday, and then it will crawl back up for the next weekend, which sounds pretty perfect to me. Geelong and the Surf Coast area, same thing. Max 30, very sunny today, and the winds will be north to northeasterly, 22 to 30 k's an hour, turning easterly 25 to 35 k's in the early afternoon. And for the tides today, north of the bay in St Kilda, we've got a next high tide at 12.56pm and Port Phillip Heads will have the next high at 10.17am and that is the weather.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Farm. I've got a couple of quick... Things to mention, um, and I know you've got a couple of news items there as well. A couple of shout-outs to some longtime listeners and Triple R subscribers who've reached out to us over the last few days. Uh, Cliff Davis, actually, who's just contacted us from this from this morning. You, if you've been listening to Maranara for a long time, you'll know that Cliff um, he is our probably most remote uh, listener and subscriber. He's in Antarctica, and he sent a message through to our Facebook page this morning, um, just letting us know that he's there safe and sound. He let us know a few weeks. Ago he was heading down there and has posted some. Uh, well, he's actually sent us some amazing photos um, through our messenger, uh, through Messenger, and we'll post those up on our Facebook main page a bit later on. Um, thanks, Cliff. Absolutely sensational, and um, yeah. Thanks. Great. He sent us a message too, but I'm going to keep moving because we've got so much to get through today. Uh, and also, um, David Turnbull, who is down on the Mornington Peninsula, sent us a message um, last week, actually, about stand-up paddleboarding and really just wanting to draw attention to the fact that it's incredibly popular on the bay these days. And uh, there's a big fundraiser which actually took place about a week ago. A whole bunch of paddleboarders, uh, stand-up paddleboarders, raised over $6,500. They paddled over, collectively, 208 kilograms. That's a lot of paddling over two and a half days, so uh, 33 hours, 39 minutes paddling, nearly 85,000 strokes, um, all for a good cause. So thanks so much, David, for sending that to us. Uh, and look, have a great, have a great summer paddleboarding um, when you can, and you know what that means. And um, to all our stand-up paddleboarders, we'll we'll, draw, we'll put some attention on this next year, I think, because you're absolutely right, David. We haven't really spent much time talking about stand-up paddleboarding. All right, farm, back to you. You've got a couple of quick news items and then we're going to go um, to Dave Donnelly
2: I do have some quick news items this is a very exciting new project uh, WWF Australia has teamed up with the Australian Museum Research Institute and the Royal Caribbean International um, to launch a project that is called surrender your shell and it will use cutting-edge technology to extract DNA from products to track the illegal trade of tortoiseshell. Specifically to save the critically endangered Hawksbill turtle. So what they're asking people to do is um, to send in any products that they may have been gifted, or um, you know trinkets they may have uh, purchased on their holidays, like combs and sunglasses and things like that. Uh, and, and send that back in. Um, and researchers will use this DNA to then trace the shell products back to the turtles' nesting beaches and they develop a database called Shell Bank with all of that information. And that will help identify vulnerable turtle populations so that WWF Australia can then work with local communities and governments and the tourism industry to improve um, turtle protection. And that's really necessary because it's now estimated that nearly 9 million hawksbill turtles have been traded for their shells over the past 150 years, uh, bringing the species close to extinction. And I think they eradicated something like 75% of the um, fertile females, which is which is a massive problem. So to support this initiative, the Australian government has adopted a policy that for the next six months will allow, allow Australians to send historically purchased tortoiseshell products to WWF Australia, Uh, Along with the details of where and when they were purchased without the risk of facing prosecution. So there's a bonus for you Uh, So if you want to participate You just need to track down any tortoiseshell products that you've got in your house or have been gifted over the years um, and you can recognize those because they're brown, orange and amber and yellow colored uh, and they feature really quite irregular patterns and you can send that off um, and we'll put a link on the Facebook page where you can fill out a form and find all of the details um, and if you send them in before the J- June 2021, that will be really good and then they can start making the database and protect the Hawksbill turtle.
0: That's a really good initiative farm. I know tortoiseshell glasses were a really big thing back in the 80s. So um, there's probably still a few pair pairs of tortoiseshell glasses floating around. I'm guessing that's probably part of that as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And some of these items that will be sent back in, because you, you know, like people in the 60s and 70s, they would bring home complete shells and things like that as well or to hang on the walls, that kind of thing. Uh, and the museum has said, like, you know, when we get these items, we will, like, you know, also display the, um, the, the very interesting ones as well. So mm. it's not like it's going to, you know, necessarily disappear into a drawer or anything um but yeah that DNA research is very very important um and another news article I just wanted to plug this because it is nearly Christmas everybody is starting to think about what we're going to serve this Christmas for food and uh prawns are definitely back on the barbie as every year uh we like to do here in Australia and um the Marine Stewardship Council has actually done some research into Australian prawn consumption over Christmas and they found that 40 percent of total Australian prawn consumption per year occurs just over Christmas, which is probably not a surprise to anyone. Um, and 14 million Aussies plan to enjoy prawns as a traditional Christmas um, menu. Uh, but only half of those people plan to purchase sustainably sourced prawns um, and that's putting prawn supplies at risk. So prawns are very, um, is very easy to get unsustainably Caught ones. Uh, as far as I know, the best ones you can get here in Australia are from South Australia, wild caught. Uh, and so, to help you make really good choices, uh, not just for prawns but also for your seafood, I just wanted to, you know, draw the attention to the Good Fish Sustainable Seafood Guide uh, by the Australian Marine Conservation Society. It's um, an app that you can just download to your phone, and it's got basically every single fish species and seafood species that we eat here in Australia. Uh, And it tells you if it is caught sustainably or if it is better to not choose that particular one. And I really love their latest updates where they have actually added uh, seafood restaurants with the name and the address and everything of of restaurants that have decided to only use sustainable seafood on their menus. Um, So if you're going to go out to dinner, no more awkward uh, (laughs) dinner table a restaurant table conversations with the waiter uh to ask where all your fish comes from you can now just find out which restaurants are making really good choices and support those um those restaurants Great. so i'll put a um uh, i'll put a good fish sustainable seafood guide link on the facebook page as well
0: fantastic thank you so much farm that's excellent and yes, highly recommend that one. We've we've promoted that one over the years and they do regularly update it, so a good one to go to for the latest information on sustainable seafood choices. We're now going to go from sustainable seafood choices to an, a wrap-up of Killer Whales 2020 and uh, welcome back to Marinara for the last time in 2020. Looking forward to talking to you again in 2021 from Killer Whales Australia and Dolphin Research Institute, Dave Donnelly. Good morning, Dave.
3: Good morning, Brian and team. It seems such a long time since I've been on.
0: <laughs> what, what has it been? About a month, I suppose.
3: Oh, that's uh, way too long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, let's go to a 2020 wrap up of whale migrations. You got very some summary quickly, stats
3: for us. yes, absolutely absolutely. the two Bays Whale project did really well considering all things uh, uh, that' influenced our ability to go and look for whales this particular year. But um, despite that, we did have some very energetic coastal citizen scientists who were spending time on the cliff faces and on boats, and uh, we managed to still manage to get two hundred sighting records, which is about half of what we normally get, which I think is a remarkable effort and a fantastic result for for the work that we're doing. And uh, amongst those 200 sightings was about 370-odd animals out of four species. That is the minke whale, the humpback whale, the southern right whale and killer whales. And we also added 50 new humpback whale fluke to the catalogue, which now extends from Mallacoota all the way through to Portland. So we're covering a great area there for the uh, humpback whale catalogue. Great effort, everybody. and Thank you so much to all our scientists out there.
0: It really is an incredible effort in a year where people could have just thrown their hands in the air and gone, you know what, this is too hard. Let's just get back to this next year. Pivot has been the word of 2020. And definitely, that's what's happened sort of throughout programs, wonderful programs such as yours. Um, That's great. So roll on 2021.
3: Absolutely. And 2021 is looking fantastic. I mean, obviously, we're all very excited to see what 2021 has. But What we we have put some initiatives in place to to kick 2021 off with what we're calling dolphin distancing. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It's not necessarily a spin on COVID uh, distancing or social distancing, but it is something we're trying to implement over the course of summer and into 2020, 2021, sorry, where people can uh, be aware of their distance between themselves, their vessels, and also the dolphins of our our two bays. And uh, that's something that's been a problem for about you know, the 30-plus years that Dolphin Research Institute has existed, and this time around we're trying something new, and that's called dolphin distancing. So get onto the website, which is uh, www.dolphinresearch.org.au to find out more and get your free sticker and make a community commitment to uh, protecting the dolphins and their environment in Port Phillip and Western Port, and, of course, across the
0: open coast. I'm looking at a printout um, with that sticker right in front of me Dave and it's a really lovely sticker and it does, it just says I'm committed to dolphin distancing and yeah look we have seen some absolutely shocking uh, examples of harassment of whales and dolphins um, you know particularly in the middle of the year when people were getting out there. Just to repeat those um, or to to say again those regulations you can't approach dolphins closer than 100 metres or whales 200 metres in boats and that includes pad vessels so you don't have to have a uh, an outboard or even an inboard uh, to, to have to abide by that. 100 metres. Now of course if they come to you it's a different thing I suppose. You can't really, you can't stop the dolphins or the whales from doing what they do but you can't you know be seen to be going within 100 metres. And 300 metres on jet skis, good to see that. Um, 30 metres for swimmers.
3: Absolutely and, and you're right. I mean the dolphins and the whales do approach vessels from time to time and, and the best thing to do in that case is to just continue your current course or, or put your vessel into idle if you're in a powered vessel and let the animals do their thing and, and move away when they're ready to do so. If you're lucky enough to get an interaction like that, that's the way and most pleasing um, way to, to have a, that sort of wildlife interaction on the bays uh, when they choose to be with you.
0: Excellent. Now, uh, what else are we going to talk about? I've forgotten, Dave. We we're going to give an update on killer whales.
3: Yes, yeah, so the, the sea, we're in the middle of a seasonal change here with, uh, with cetaceans around Victoria's coast. As we all know, the humpback whales are all but one, actually, this week, uh, have pretty much left our waters for the, uh, for the return to Antarctic Feeding Grounds uh, and Southern Ocean. So what we're starting to see now is the, is the summer uh, season start to come in play. And what we do see in summer is a lot of killer whale movement and also the arrival of blue whales on our west coast of Victoria, which have just started to appear in the last month or so the killer whales have been aggregating down in Tasmania as they tend to do uh, between December and January, February time and uh, we're starting to see those animals appearing along that coastline in fact about five sightings over the last two weeks of uh, two different family groups so they're starting to group up down there we're very pleased to say we have a calf that has been uh, born in in, in one of the family groups which wasn't with them last year so that's that's encouraging to see and some of our old favourite fins are still hanging around so uh, we're, we're very excited to be able to know to be able to say that uh, animals like Splitfin and um, uh, what we call EA57, one of our favourites, uh, are still with us and um, seemingly are uh, still quite productive.
0: That's really wonderful. A couple of quick things we are really jam-packing. It's feeling like a Radiothon show today. Um, uh, Adopt a Dolphin Summer Appeal.
3: Yeah, so the Dolphin Research Institute piloted a um, adopt a dolphin program many, many years ago, more than 20 years ago actually. It's uh, starting to make me realise why I've got little hair in my head. Um, the, uh, the, the program was a success back in the day, and it's been, uh, I've been on the outer lately, but that's being relaunched with, with the little group of um, common dolphins which live in the area between sort of Mount Eliza uh, through to Germana, and uh, particularly around Mornington area. Those animals are um, are a fairly unique little community of of common dolphins, which regularly would be spending time in offshore waters but have colonised poor phillips. So what we've decided to do there is recreate the Adopt-a-Dolphin program, relaunch it, if you like, but focusing on the common dolphins and trying to raise awareness and allow people who can sit on cliff faces and readily see them, maybe even see their little dolphins swim past uh, because they are quite recognisable, the four that have been selected. So, again, that's a visit to the Dolphin Research Institute website. If you'd like to support our Adopt a Dolphin program, it's $98 a year. And, of course, you get lots of correspondence, sometimes more than you want, and lots of beautiful photos and updates on your animals.
0: That's wonderful. I wanted to give a very big shout-out to Mandy Nicholson, who has been named uh, Environment Education Victoria's uh, Educator of the Year. So congratulations to Mandy from Dolphin Research Institute.
3: Yeah, Mandy's done a brilliant job for a long time and uh, she continues to do a brilliant job interacting with so many other people along our coast and with other groups and, of course, with the schools. So uh, we're all very proud of Mandy's uh, achievements this year and uh, we certainly look forward to what 2021 may bring in terms of re-engaging with those schools face-to-face in the rock pools and on our coastline.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Dave. Any last words? Um, what have you got planned over the summer? We'll catch up with you, of course. It's, it feels like it's forever, but it's only going to be six weeks. But, um, yeah, what have you got planned over the summer?
3: Look, this summer is looking like a, I bought a sup this year, so in the topic that led in for uh, for your radio program today, I'm going to dump on the sup and get fit. I think that's going to be my thing. Um, I'm going to try and get in the water a lot more, I've been back in the water a little bit in the last few weeks, Um, and certainly we've got plenty of um, studies coming up, uh, both in our consultancy work as well as the research work, so looking forward to a busy summer, but just being able to get out there on the water and enjoy that environment, again, is going to be just fantastic looking forward to it hopefully i get to see all you guys out there too
0: yeah we're hoping so too have a wonderful summer dave thank you so much for everything that you've done with us this year um with your killer whale reports your whale migration reports your dolphin reports it's just been fantastic and we can't wait to catch up with you in 2021
3: thank you so much Brian, and all the team there at radio marinara it's truly been a pleasure as it always is have a great christmas everybody and we'll uh We'll
0: chat next year great thanks so much bye bye for now bye guys for now. Bye. dave donnelly there from killer whales australia and the dolphin research institute dr beach time for life's of go- beach
1: Hey, going braun
0: yeah good we're a little rushed today dr doolittle's just dr doolittle's just arrived for uh, radiotherapy and uh he said yeah it's gonna be like that for his show too so yes <laughs>
1: I'm sitting here in the car outside the Malmesbury Bakery with a few cockatoos next to me, so I'm hoping they don't get too raucous. But let's <laughs> go to, um, let's go to Bailey's, let's go to the Caribbean and the and the coral reefs off the coast of Bailey's. Got a really interesting paper which has come out from um guy called Rowan Brooker and William Feeney. William Feeney's at Griffith University and Rowan Brooker's just gone, to, just arrived at Deakin Union in Geelong actually, so I'm really hoping to get him into the studio. Next year to talk about this, but this wonderful little project that they've done there—it's appeared in Nature Communications. It's really fascinating. What it's doing is showing the first example of domestication of another animal aside from humans. As you know, that we've domesticated dogs, pigs, chooks, all sorts of things over the last ten or fifteen thousand years. But there's no no evidence of that happening anywhere else in the animal kingdom, except for perhaps some insects, social insects like termites, which um, will farm fungi but these guys these these biologists these marine biologists they found this um swimming in the around the coral reefs in belize uh there's a fish there which is called a long fin damselfish damselfish um, in a group called the pomacentrids we have quite a few of them in the bay people who have been swimming down around pope's eye will have noticed them They're about the size of your hand classic fish shape with nice fins on them these long damsel damselfish Several species of damselfish including these guys they they manage algal farms so they have a couple of two species of algae in particular these ones these two little species of brown algae that they manage and they eat those those algae they hang around in groups and they've got these lovely little farms you can picture it it's just beautiful but what they normally do is that they're very protective of these farms and they chase away other animals other fish that come in there anything really except for these tiny crustaceans, which look like, well, they're they're little shrimps. They're called mysid shrimps. And these guys noticed that there were these swarms of shrimps over the algal farms and the damselfish were happily swimming around. It looked like they actually encouraged them there. Hmm. So they were thinking, what's the deal with this? So they did a number of really clever, straightforward experiments. The first thing they did was run, well, swim 30-metre transects through the coral reef and noticed that wherever there were... um, there were these damselfish, these particular damselfish, the longfin damselfish, there were these mice and shrimps. And there were other damselfish, other species, which didn't have the shrimps around and they would chase them away. So they thought, what is it? Are they are they getting some kind of benefit out of the shrimps being there? So what they did was they first tried to see whether the shrimps were attracted to the damselfish. So what they did was this wonderful experiment where they got water, which was sort of flavoured with, um, the, um, the odour of these damselfish and flavoured with the odour of predators. There's this other fish which lives there which rejoices in the name of the slippery dick wrass which <laughs> normally eats these. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's pretty bad, isn't it? Which, uh, which eats these, these shrimps and they noticed that the, yep, the shrimps were repulsed by odour from the predators like the slippery dick ras, but they were attracted to odour from the longfin damselfish. Didn't really care about odour from the farm itself but it was the fish they were attracted to. So then they decided to put um, some of those shrimp in plastic bags, and they put these plastic bags, some of them, right near the farm. So suspended in the water column near the farm, um, where the these algae were, and those fish, longfin damsel, longfin damsel fish, and they noticed that if they were near the farm, the longfins would come in and chase away predators who tried to get into the bag to get the shrimps. But if they had the bags outside the farm, the predators just went in and got them. Um, so they thought, well, what's the benefit here? So we're getting this association between these two species, but what could possibly be the benefit to both of them? Well, we're starting to think now with that previous experiment that the um, the shrimp are happy because they're getting the predators chased away by the longfin damsel, damselfish, but what are the damselfish getting out of it? So they thought, well, these shrimps are hovering over the algae, they filter feed the water, and then they poop. And that poop goes down onto the algae and they thought is that making the algae richer is it like fertilizing it so indeed they it is turns out it is that they took samples of the algae and they found that it was much better more nutritious um, in farms with fish as um, in farms with shrimp as opposed to farms without the shrimp and then they also looked at the condition of the fish and the fish that had shrimp around which were fertilizing the algae they were in better nick than other longfin damsel fish that didn't that weren't doing this, and other species of damselfish. fish. So it really appears from this wonderful set of experiments um, that the fish providing a safe ref- refuge for the shrimps, and in exchange, the shrimps the shrimps are providing fertilizer for the farm. So what we're watching here is the really early stages of domestication happening. There's been lots of lovely work done on dogs and pigs, the way humans have domesticated those animals for our own use, and of course the dogs. Um, they get the comfort. Our dog, I know, gets a nice fluffy rug and gets fed to um, all all that to look after it. But this is indeed the first example that we can see outside of the human world of domestication. And it's really, really a lovely thing. And there's a really nice article in The Conversation that these two authors have written to that people can read this week and go straight to that. Or indeed, you can go straight to the Nature Communications um, website. That's the name of the journal. And this, um, yeah, this article was published on December the 8th. So just last week.
0: Absolutely sensational science there, Dr. Beach. And this is accessible for anyone. You don't need to be subscribing to any particular science journal.
1: Uh, well, you can get a really nice summary of it in the conversation. We can go, You can go to that. Um, and also Nature Communications is online free to anybody to have a look at. So if you just punched in Brooker or even domestication, in nature communications it'll pop up with your favorite search engine
0: is that b-r-o-o-k-e-r
1: that's right rowan brooker Wrong. and rowan brooker as i said has just um, got himself a fancy pants fellowship and he's gone down to geelong to start working at deakin university so hopefully we can get him into the studio to take us through all of the thoughts around designing experiments like this as well as the you know the loveliness of um diving off
0: Belize. I want to talk about this experiment in particular because I have so many questions, Dr. Beach, and so many comments on this one, but we' we're, we're so short for time today. So let's make that a priority for next year.
1: Let's do it,
0: Brian. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Beach. That was fabulous. Pleasure. Indeed, this is where you are at Triple R, Radio Marinara is the name of this program. And without further ado, waiting on the phone, we have for us, I don't know, is this like his second appearance for this year? Dr. Beach, good morning. Oh, Dr. Beach, Dr. Surf, good morning. <laughs> <Who>? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
4: it's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> How are you? my name,
0: even. I know. It's atrocious. How are uh, you? Well-
4: I'm good. I'm sitting out in the veranda, patting my dogs, doing the crossword puzzles, trying to work out the names of the Spice Girls, because that's a clue. Oh, really? I've got no idea. It was so long ago. Anyway, it's all good. you want a surf report?
0: If we had more time, I'd tell you, but we probably should get straight into a surf report, (laughs) so let's do that. What's it like this weekend?
4: Ah, It's pretty good. The swell we had yesterday was nice and straight on the beaches. It's a little bit lumpy today. You'll have to go to the beaches, about two to three foot. So by the beaches, I mean um, Gunnamatta, Portsea, 13th Beach, Barwin Heads, Ocean Grove, Woolamai, those sorts of places. And it's about three foot occasionally bigger. The winds are good. It's clean. Get out there. Have some fun.
0: And, um, and what are your plans over the summer, Dr. Surf?
4: I'm, um, interestingly enough, I'm probably going to be supping a bit Ah. because so- I've had my fun this year and now it's your turn.
0: <laughs> supping is the new black. Everyone's supping. we got to well, do this next year.
4: Yeah, what if you see supping? a big fat guy Beach beating the hell out of his is. butt with a stick, that's me because I, I thought 50 years of surfing, no worries, i be going to sup, it's easy. Well, it's
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Beach has just asked, what's supping, Dr. Surf?
4: Sorry, I didn't hear
0: that. Oh, Dr. Beach just um, jumped in and said, what is supping?
4: Oh, it's stand-up paddle boarding. It's very large boards, about... 9, 10, 11 foot long and you stand on them with a paddle and scull around. It's very good for your lower back. And you also get a really nice view of the fish and whatever else is on the reefs that you're paddling over. So it's great in the bay, in Western Port and particularly Port Phillip on a day like today when it's nice and smooth. So in order to keep fit, I think I'll be doing that. We've had a great year of surf but I think the run's come to an end now. I think, yeah, it's looking a bit funny for some of you because we're in one of these weird La Nina years mm. and it's always a little hard to work out what's going on. It could be wet, cold, it could be humid, who knows. The last La Nina year we had, we had very good surf on the beaches, so I'm hopeful.
0: Excellent. We're going to catch up with you next year, Dr. Surf, a little bit more than this year, I hope. Sorry? We're going to catch up with you in 2021, hopefully a yep. bit more than this year.
4: Yes, yes. Well, I'm around. I never go anywhere, Brian. never go north of
0: Frankston. That's my solution to life. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. Well, look, have a great summer and um, look yep. forward to catching up with you next year. But um, Dave Donnelly, I don't know if you heard him early, was talking about um, getting up on his stand-up paddleboard a lot over this summer as well. So, and we had a, 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 um, a little message earlier from uh, David Turnbull, one of our long-time subscribers about yep. stand-up paddleboarding. So, yes, we're definitely going to make a focus of this next year.
4: Well, it's certainly the thing to do because i look at Triggers and we've just about sold out. So, right. there's going to be a lot of them around. But, you know, if, if, we'll, we'll find someone that actually knows what they're talking about to come on, not me. All right.
0: <laughs> well, you'll have to be part of that conversation. <laughs> yeah, no worries. All right. Thanks, Dr. Surf. Great to have you back <laughs> yeah. with
4: us. Okay, I'll get back to my crossword. See you, Brian.
0: See, See you ya. Back to beach. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, there he goes. <laughs> Off to his crossword. <laughs> brilliant oh look forward to dr surf nice to hear from him again wasn't it it is really nice to hear from him so yes we will definitely do uh more catch-ups with dr surf next year 946 you're listening to radio marinara we're going to go straight into uh, our segment with rex hunter rex are you there uh rex do we have you there i can see you but i can't actually hear you are you there rex
5: yeah yeah, i'm here
0: yeah we got you (laughs) how you doing
5: Good and how's yourself, Rob? Yeah,
0: pretty good, thank you. Hey, um, we are talking about some really fascinating maritime terms.
5: Yes, old term, old term terminology. Yes, so,
0: um, we've got to keep it fairly snappy too, Rex, because we're running very <laughs> short of time today. We're I packing it all that, in, I'll, so let's can cut. three, and then
5: that'll, that'll, that'll do it. Excellent. Okay. Uh. Well, we're going to talk about. Obviously, we mentioned poop deck. So, um, any idea what that might be, Brian? Uh,
0: I, I'm guessing it's not got anything to do with where you might go and um, do your business if you're on a ship.
5: <laughs> do your poop. No, no, it's uh, the uh, etymology of that. Is a, it's a French word, uh, la poop, uh, which meant uh, rear deck. So, basically, your, your poop deck is your rear deck on, on board your vessel. All right. So, it goes back back to the 17th century, something like that. So, Next time somebody asks you to go up and have a poop or up to the poop, you know where to go.
0: Ha! Huh. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, it's good to finish on. Um, good to finish on some really good humorous terms, there, Rex. <laughs> yeah. All well, right.
5: I'll, a couple more for you. So, with um, the funnics now, if I said your your are, are rather curvish, um, would you have a, any idea what I was talking about, Brian?
0: Sorry, I'm going to have to get you to repeat that, there, Rex. It was a bit hard to hear you. What was it again?
5: I said, if you're Futticks were rather curvish. What, <laughs> would you know what I'm talking about?
0: No, I could have a guess. It might be a couple of options, but I'm guessing it's not going to be either of them either. No, so what, what, is a, what is a what is
5: A frame or a rib in a ah, boat right. is made up of a series of sections called futticks and they're joined together. So your futtick is a section of uh, frame or rib because the timbers the timbers aren't curved enough to get a, a full frame, which might be like an s shape or something, something along that lines or a great big sweeping curve. So we need, they're made by, up from a number of sections. So that's euphatic.
0: Absolutely fascinating. Do we know where the term came from?
5: Oh, goodness me, you're pushing me down. Bro. All right, just we butt.
0: might leave that one, to, well, that can be your summer homework, Rex. <laughs> yeah,
5: be my homework. All right. All right. I'll just finish on this one. Sure. This will knock your socks off, yeah. uh, butt block. <laughs> All
0: right. Um, is it to do with a piece of timber that's used well, to, um, you know, form a, a brace against something?
5: Well, that's a very good guess because when we join um, two two um, planks together or straits on the side of a vessel, they do it off a frame generally, in between two frames or ribs, and it's reinforced at the back with a butt block. So that's what a butt block is, Bron.
0: Well, I guess one out of three is not too bad, and I didn't quite get it, but... um. Yeah. I've trained you well. You've you... Come, a long, come a long way, Bill. <laughs> Maybe there's some hope for me after all. What are your plans over the summer, Rex? Are you getting out there and mowing the lawn? I'll be
5: mowing, mowing the lawn as soon as I can. Yeah, yeah. water temperature is pretty good at the moment. It's about eighteen, twenty degrees. So. Uh, looking forward to some light winds and some calm seas. So uh, it should be good.
0: Excellent. Well, that's great. Um, all right. Well, look forward to hearing your first maritime archaeology report for 2021 in uh, in February when we're back on air. All
5: right, We'll see you then,
0: Bron. Okay. For yourselves. Thanks, Rex. You too. See you, bye. See you. Bye for now. Rex Hunter there, our maritime archaeologist specialist uh, heading off there to mow the lawn. Mowing the lawn, if you haven't heard Rex before, is a term for uh, exploring underwater uh, and looking for shipwrecks. So absolutely going to be missing Rex a bit over the summer, but looking forward to catching up with him in 2021. You're on Radio Maranara. It is our closing eight minutes of this program and uh, for 2020 for us. And I uh, here to close us out in fine form, as we always do, Jeff Maynard for his final edition of Sound Waves for 2020. Good morning, Jeff.
6: Good morning, Brian. How are you?
0: Yeah, well, thanks. How are you?
6: Uh, good. Now, I'm going to close out the year. We're going to have to get a bit of perspective on 2020 because it was a funny year. It began with a lot of optimism. It went a bit strange in the middle and then it sort of ends on a bit of optimism with uh, people talking about vaccines and things. And uh, the other reason I'm doing a little bit of closure is because um, I got back from the bush late last night and I couldn't think of anything to do, so I'm doing a little sort of best of 2020 to fill in the space. Correct. So uh, I'm going to play the first track we're going to play, Bron, is just to give you an idea. This is our first conversation in the studio in February 2020, Mm -hmm. um, my only time in the studio for 2020, and uh, Soundwave's set out to save the world. So let's have a listen to track... Uh, track number one from our first uh, gig uh, in February.
0: Good morning, welcome to 2020, Jeff Maynard.
6: Good morning, Brian. This year, Sound waves saves the world. Yes. Because I came to the realization that uh, science has got an uphill battle. Belief, people will go for belief before they actually go for science. And mainly I think because science means you have to take responsibility whereas belief you believe in something else whether it be a deity or so science has to get angry and uh mad actually mad and i thought we're better to find mad science than 1950s uh, black and white movies
0: Jeff, and we had no idea how prophetic we were.
6: <laughs> we're incredibly. It gets it gets worse or better, whichever way you want to look at it. Oh my God! The, stra- the strange thing was, a few weeks after that first show, and I was talking about things like global warming, environmental mm. issues, you know, the challenges facing the ocean and so on. Um, by March, we we're all sort of heading into lockdown and all these things, and so I delved in. And what the nineteen fifties B grade movies—they were highly prophetic. And they predicted a lot of what was going to happen 70 years later. So let's have a listen track number two. This is edited highlights from our second show. Now, by this time, I was sort of sitting at home, having a coffee, doing the show, as uh, most of the presenters were. But this is some edited highlights from our second um, uh, show of 2020. Let's have a listen.
3: And why are the infected people always so tired in the daytime? An unknown germ is being blown around the
4: world. It's highly contagious and it's reached plague proportions. I wish somebody would find a vaccine. I'm so frightened.
3: <coughs>
4: is everybody in the world going to die before someone finds the answer?
0: <gasps> Jaw is literally a gape. Kent, Kent and I are looking at th- Kent and I looking at each other through two plates of glass. <laughs> Jaws it's dropping, good. literally. Jeff, amazing.
6: We we began to explore just you know why people reject the evidence of their their five senses, the evidence of their you know that's it, in front of them, and instead start you know that they really resort to quackery and all sorts of things, and it's it's like a human nature thing. Um, and again, remarkably, 1950s movies provided the answers. Um, let, let's just get a couple of highlights here. This is I, I had to keep a marine or maritime theme in the whole thing, which was a bit bit difficult. But um, uh, let, let's hear some highlights from uh, a show mid year when we're listening, and that now we're starting to get the answers to everything. Let's have a listen to track three. We're back into the drive-in movies, Bron, which is where we should be, and with marine monsters. And I think that's that's important, and I think we all need to be grounded in that kind of thing right now.
3: Here is a wild headlong flight into terror. Here is a desperate plunge into the black depths of the earth. Here is a fear frenzied moment of suspense as mankind totters before a thing that multiplies faster than it can be killed.
6: Now, the the Canadian philosopher Marshall McLuhan, he famously wrote that the medium is the message uh, it's how you present the message uh, is, is more important than, than uh, it will have more impact on actually what you say. Uh, and, and I think we saw in, in 2020 that truth uh, became irrelevant. You know, it was all people presenting the message. And we're seeing more and more in things like politics. Um, it, it, it's become sort of a cult, uh, particularly, you know, in the United States. And uh, politics is more like inciting a mob or getting people worked up than it is actually presenting facts and having people think about things. Uh, so we did find a bit of a clue in all these 1950 movies in how you present uh, what you're saying, and we found tricks to present it so that people will actually listen to science. Uh, so our, our final little track is, uh, towards the end of the year, we offered a small clue, uh, and we offered it to our state premier, Daniel Andrews. Let's just have a listen to track number four. Uh, and I've got a gift for Dan Andrews from, on behalf of everybody at Radio Mariner, and I figured out why people listen to the scientists, actually believed in these monsters and it was the dramatic music no one questions the theme when you come out with the right music my gift to dan andrews is this on behalf of soundwave saves the world dan you're welcome i need to play this music
3: and this will have a huge effect on getting people to uh, obey or, or or follow the rules basically
6: So, Bron, has Soundwave saved the world? The answer is not yet. (laughs) We are going to – well, we're going to continue because we're going to actually uh, get the idea that the medium is the message and science in 2021 – uh, as, as the world hopefully begins to recover from COVID-19 and we start to move forward, uh, there's a lot of good clues. We can get back to the issues of things, little, you know, little minor things like global warming and the environmental damage and um, you know, uh, what's happening to the oceans. We can get back to that, but we're going to have to present it in a different way. And I think 1950s movies, black and white movies from the old drive-ins and things, uh, they are the way to go. So uh, Soundways hasn't saved the world yet. But we're on the right track and we're going to do it in 2021.
0: What a perfect way to round out the year. Soundwave Saves the World, the sequel, part two, coming in 2021. Thank you so much, Jeff. That was just wonderful.
6: Uh, you're welcome.
0: Looking forward to catching up with you next year.
6: Have a good Christmas,
5: Brun.
0: Thank you. And to you, thanks to everyone associated with today's program, Jeff, Rex, Dr. Surf, Dr. Beach, Farm, Dave Donnelly. Thank you to you all. For those of us who are still there.
5: I am Have still a wonderful here, bro. Christmas.
0: Yeah, thanks. And to you guys, um, thanks to everyone else part of the Marinara team not here today. Cade, Anth, Brett, the cabin boy, Terry Allen. Uh, thank you so much to Triple uh, R Talks producer, Elizabeth McCarthy. She connects us to uh, many of the news and stories and guests that you hear throughout the year. Thanks to Dave Houchin, our station manager, program manager, Beck Hornsby, all our guests uh, you, you make our program and everyone out there doing what they can do to protect the marine environment and restore and educate. We just, uh, we couldn't do it without you. And you our listeners our subscribers we can't see you but we know that you're out there and you're part of our family hope you all have a wonderful Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa whatever it is that your celebration is and uh, look let's all kick 2020 back to where it belongs and look forward to a better year in 2021 have a wonderful summer Uh, from all things wet and salty to all things pecky and scratchy as uh, Fiona Scott Norman and Jessamy S Miller present to you this chicken life uh, over the next six weeks on Sunday mornings from 9 till 10 stay tuned for radiotherapy uh, Dr to do little and uh, panel beater ready to take you through to 11 I believe with a bunch of other people as well have a wonderful summer guys we'll miss you we'll catch you in 2021 bye for now hi this is Bron Burton thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Radio Marinara, a weekly radio show exploring all things wet and salty broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne Australia every Sunday Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Radio Marinara's Facebook page.